Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome back, Brewer fans, to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm Craig, and joining me today is Vincent Scott. Hey, fellas. Howdy. Hey, Craig. Hey, Scotty. How's it going? Um, doing all right. Brewers uh, with a pretty good week, um, all things considered. Uh, went five and one with a sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then coming in Pittsburgh, and then uh, winning the series against the Rangers two games to one uh, to open up the home stand back at Miller Park. And this is of course on the heels of a pretty devastating three game sweep at Wrigley Field. Um, I guess before we get to the nice positives of this week, let me just uh, get your guys' thoughts on uh, what your feeling was like after the last week's Sunday's loss against the Cubs. Um, I don't know, to myself, and I think a lot of people at Burst Nation, so to speak, uh, it really felt like uh, we had, our season was done at that point. Obviously, it was a nice bounce back week. That's not necessarily the case, but I guess what were your initial thoughts after that, that series? I mean, for myself at least, I, I don't. I, I know it was against the Cubs and a big division rival. I don't know that I thought the season was done because there are there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. And uh, we saw last year that number one, anything can happen, and number two, uh, you know, the Brewers played really good baseball last September, and maybe maybe we'll see that again this year. And I think, you know, just generally speaking, the Brewers uh, uh, there's still just a long way to go. So I I didn't, I didn't think that the season was done. Obviously, it's disheartening. Um, and like we said many times on this podcast, we had opportunities to, to build up a lead in the division, and now we're obviously not where we want to be. But at the same time, you know, there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. And, um, it's going to be an exciting last month of the year, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely uh, a little downtrodden, I guess. Uh, it's never great to lose one game to the Cubs, much less three. So, um, But it's still too early to call it, that's for sure. I mean, there's so many things that can happen in this crazy game. Uh, the only thing that was really great was um, we followed it up by taking care of business uh, after that by you know, winning five of the next six. So that definitely helps. I mean, when you look at the rest of the schedule for, uh, for August, it's, it's, uh, it's a little tough. I mean, there's no cupcakes in there. Uh, we got Twins, Nationals, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, Cardinals again, and then the Cubs. So uh, it's definitely going to be a rough August. We just have to hope to get through it. Then again, there was about six weeks where we were supposed to have an easy schedule, and that was our worst uh, month in two weeks of the season. So, you know, we just never know. And, you know, let me ask you guys a, a real honest question. I, was there ever a point that you guys thought that this division would be a cakewalk or that we wouldn't be, you know, fighting it out in the last week or so of the season? Because I, I really don't think that that was the case. It just seems like, you know, between the Cubs, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the teams are actually – pretty close in talent on a lot of levels. And I, I just don't think that, I don't know, I, I would have been shocked if the Brewers would have just walked away with this division at any point. So I, I really don't think that we were ever not going to be in a very tight race down the stretch. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I mean, we thought for sure that it was going to be, you know, a fight to the bitter end and we're hanging in there. Obviously we're looking up, uh, at, well, at the Cubs, I guess we're technically sort of tied with the Cardinals right now. So, I mean, yeah, yeah no, it's definitely going to be a dogfight all the way to the end. But 
Um, having said that, uh, I certainly hope that our win total would have been higher than what it is now. I mean, we're significantly lacking compared to where we were this time last year. So that's right. a little bit concerning. Right. But, you know, what can you do? So are, so are the Cubs, for what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I think the only reason we're feeling okay about our team is the fact that the other teams that we were expecting to be next with the Cardinals and Cubs are the division at least, are also massively underachieving. And I'm sure at one point this season, all their fans also thought, well, this team's terrible. We're not going to win it. Uh, we're not going to make the playoffs. And we're feeling the same boat. The difference is between the Brewers last year and this year is we just – the talent is just not overall there. Obviously, we have Gallich, best player in the league, and we've got Josh Hader. that has been a little bit mortal, I guess, this season with the, giving up a lot of long balls. But um, just overall, if you look at our bullpen, it's just night and day much more terrible than last year. I mean, that was our strength of our team last year. And, it, and if you, what we did last year, we combined a, a really solid offense with – a lights-out bullpen, unlike the Milwaukee Brewers or fans I've ever seen, and then we pair that with guys that were in the rotation that were having either career years or playing above their their talent level, in my opinion, and we really made a great run last year, obviously, but all those cards have kind of fallen down this year. I mean, the scene and, um, you know, the, the, the rotation is just ridiculous. Um as far as the talent level goes, and we're, we're getting that, also I'm getting this, uh, you know, we're, it's, it's a, it feels like it's patched together, and even more patched together, it feels like the bullpen, so it's hard for me to have, um, I have hopes that we'll stay in the race until toward the end of the season, but I don't feel like this is a playoff team, and I don't feel like even if it's snuck in the playoffs, we would go much of anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you might be right on that, and certainly we were lacking some of the depth that we had last year. And um, I think some of the biggest culprits, and uh, we did a show a few weeks ago that you know we kind of gave guys in the bullpen a, a grade, and it, we really seen some disappointing performances from some guys that we were counting on. And I'm hopeful that maybe at some point that can turn around. I, I don't know that I see that either, but um, so far so good on new acquisitions. Guys like Jordan Lyles. I mean, he's made a couple of starts and been outstanding for the Brewers. Uh, maybe he's this year's Wade Miley here in the second half, Craig. I don't, I don't know. So maybe we'll see some contributions on the stretch from that even expect. Yeah, I guess that Wade Miley manager, if we need some of that. And so far, like you said, Lyle's been given a hope since we've reacquired him. Um, also, even, I mean, if you had told me for the trade deadline that we'd continue past the trade deadline and with George Lyle's and Adrian Hauser as a lot of members of our face, I would have been like, what? Uh, because, but, they're performing well since trade deadline. Both those guys, uh, Hauser was pretty great yesterday. Um, and Lyle's great today, unfortunately, you no know, offensive support. But, uh, I mean, just overall, I, I'm kind of surprised that a couple of the main acquisitions at trade deadline, Pomerantz and Maria, haven't actually been earmarked for our business team, but more so for supporting our pretty terrible bullpen, so um, hopefully that can at least strengthen that, because I kind of like those arms better than Hauser and Miles, uh, to be quite honest with you, but, um, but it is what it is, and I guess it's the same formula where we're trying to get guys to throw five innings and turn it over to kind of a, a length of a bullpen, so to speak, even if it's not as quality as it was at the back end like last year. 
Yeah, that's that's true. And boy, that performance from Hauser yesterday, Craig, you reminded me uh, out there on the mound of you and uh, spring break Panama City or National on uh, 10 cent beer night uh, with his ability to, to kind of rally itself after having a little indigestion issues. Yeah. I popped the back one out that was king. That's why. <laughs> he, he, was, he was like spring break 07, man. That was, that was awesome. Well, I mean, Hauser definitely proved to be a hurler on the mound. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, but he didn't have 10 Ks. So, I mean, if he if, – if, if we have to watch him puke, I guess, on the mound, then uh, better him than us. So Dynamite drop-in, Scotty. That broadcasting school has really paid off. <laughs> yeah, it's really all coming well, Hauser's, together. Hauser's still <laughs> a young guy, and it was Saturday after a Friday night long. Friday night, I'm sure there's – I mean, you can't blame the guy. No, I mean, no, definitely. I mean, look at our co-host, Chad. Yeah. So, exactly. I think if he but, said uh, he movie, was hungover, even if he wasn't, like if he just lied about it, but the coaching staff knew that he wasn't and he wouldn't get in any trouble for it, then I think he'd just become a fan favorite. People would be like, look at this guy. Man, this is like vintage 80s brewers right there. Yeah, exactly. All he needed was a grit out on or in the uh, dugout between innings. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But um, you guys mentioned that the Brewers have some tough competition coming up on the schedule, but they seem to have kind of stepped up their game and done fairly well against teams that are over 500. Uh, they had, like, like Vince was saying, that so supposedly stretch against teams that were under 500, it seems they should have beat. We really didn't do that well. But, I mean, at this point, I think it's going to be the Brewers' best and only path, and it's always felt this way, to the playoffs is to win the NL Central. Um, I just feel like the Cubs are will continue to play under their talent level um, and that they can still be vulnerable, whereas the amount of teams that are in the wild card race some of them are really trending the opposite way we are as far as just getting really hot at the right time and that would of course be the new york mats who are ridiculously on fire i know that they i think they their eight game winning streak came to an end today against the nationals but and that's the other team that's been playing really well uh, the nationals and i mean if you look at those two teams i mean i don't want to just hand them both the wild card spots right now but if you look at them and their rotations um, I mean, the Brewers just don't have the horses to compete with those guys. I mean, with the Nationals, you're talking about Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, um, and then, of course, with the Mets, they, um, you got Syndergaard, DeGrom, um, Wheeler, Stroman. and, of course, they acquired Strowman, too. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be very difficult. I mean, I, I would think the Brewers have better offenses than either of those clubs overall, but I mean, but anything can happen in baseball. I mean, anything can happen. We thought that the Mets were, you know, were crazy for trying for acquiring guys just two weeks ago. Not even. So, I mean, a little hot streak during the season doesn't necessarily make you a five playoff contender. I I still am not sold on the Mets, though their rotation is, like you said, Craig, amazing. But um, I don't know. The the Nationals have a ton of holes. You know. Uh, listeners might know I live out in Washington, D.C. and go to a lot of national games. Their bullpen is awful. It's way worse than ours. And I I have 
very little faith actually in the Nationals' ability to to close out games, and I think that there's some gaping holes on that team. So I I'm really not conceding a wild card race either at this point. And we do have a big three game set uh, against the Nationals uh, coming up here just this next weekend uh, in Washington D.C. and uh, I will be at all three games, guys, uh, covering for for the group reviews, you know, from our travel budget. So I will be out here and uh, looking forward to seeing the Brewers hopefully uh, win a series against the Nats and, and continue to be very relevant in that wild card discussion, if not the division. Man, you guys stole my thunder a little bit there because I was going to say, like, when we're talking about uh, the Brewers and their hopes of winning the division or winning the wild card, like. It's way, way too early, and there's so much more baseball to be played. I mean, if there's two great examples of that, um, just go back in the in your time machine and go back to three weeks ago and look at the Mets and then look at them now. And then do the yeah. same thing with um, another great example, I guess, would be the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, who have completely yeah, forgotten great. how to play baseball. Like, they, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that they were, like, in it or anything like that. I mean, they had, like, a – an absolute mega mega long shot of sneaking into like a wild card or something like that. But there was still a little like a glimmer of hope. And then they just proceeded to like not win for, I don't know, three weeks. Yeah. Probably because they traded Jordan Lyle too. But uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, that. It's true. We saw, we saw teams like, you know, any team can get high at different times of year. Look at the Padres, you know, they had a good like, three weeks to open up the year and, they're uh, they're some 500 now. It's you know I, baseball is cyclical. I, I'm not convinced that the Nationals though the Mets have much staying power. Uh, maybe the Mets more than the Nationals actually. I just think that the rotations look a little tick better, uh, and then the the bullpens are are different. So I don't know. Um, it's it's interesting. I guess the larger point being that the Brewers can you know remain kind of where they're at and still in the race, or could be just as hot as the Mets are uh, next week as the Mets are this week. Yeah, I mean, I think the main – the Brewers really got – they still have, I believe, two two series home and away against Cubs, and I, I believe we have at least two series left against Cardinals. Um, coming up, and there's only, what, six weeks of baseball at the play. So those are all going to be huge key games. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that will really determine our fate, what we do in those 12 games, I believe, that we have against our rivals. Um, but outside of that, uh, I, I just – it feels like we just – could have been a little bit more at the deadline. Um, I know that there's no August deadline to talk about, but uh, I really feel like I just don't understand why the last two or three offseason concerns we haven't concentrated on, you know, stacking our prospects to trade for like a controllable starting pitcher um, instead of just like this hodgepodge of journeyman like guys uh, along the lines of Jordan Wild as an example, um, or even Drew Pomerantz. Um, I just don't get that. I'd, I'd rather, you know, target a young, controllable guy with some upside and potential still. It just doesn't seem like the birds are interested in that. Um, one, one, one quick uh, – go ahead. Well, I was going to say, maybe the problem is we had too many young, controllable starting pitchers that um, potentially – like th- that have all that potential, but, I mean, it's not quite working out yet. I mean, Burns is still – trying to figure it out. Peralta's back in the bullpen, but he was originally a part of it. Um, and then, obviously, Woodruff, but he's hurt. So, I mean, there's – we had some good young controllable starting pitching in our, in our rotation. It's just that it hasn't worked out the way we wanted it to. Yeah. Yeah, and Craig, to your point, I mean, so my initial thought is always 
then, you know, maybe David Stern sees the price tag and it's a bit much. But I do see other teams, you know, making deals for for starters that I would have made myself. I mean, including the Mets trade for Stroman. There's other examples as well. I mean, maybe we just don't have the depth to make these deals that other teams do that. And other teams do our system as, as being fairly weak compared to the rest of the league. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that that's part of the equation as well. I don't think it's David Stern's necessarily – having a lack of due diligence on trying to acquire a you know, young cost of trouble to starter, but the price takes are either too high or other teams just don't see that we match up as a trade partner too. I just think Stearns really values offense over pitching overall. Uh, as an example, I mean, we could have, uh, here's a hypothetical trade. I would say that Trent Grisham has more trade value than the guy that the Blue Jays um, acquired from the yeah. Astros, Derek Fisher, uh, in trading for Aaron Sanchez, who, again, is controlled for a couple seasons. Still a young arm with some potential. It really feels like that's a trade I feel like we could have and should have made, um, just as a hypothetical, hindsight 2020. I don't know how much you guys value Trent Grisham. I really don't uh, very much. I hope that he's a good player if he's a man in Milwaukee Burr, but I thought it was a mistake that when we drafted him over guys like Walker Buehler, who was, you know, we really need pitching at the time. But uh, obviously Grisham has finally made it to the major league and it seems like he has some potential to be a, re- a regular outfielder. However, that's an area where the Brewers don't really have need as much. Uh, they have some more depth in the outfield and, it's so much easier to find like a free agent outfielder than as a key free agent starting pitcher, um, in, in my opinion. And I just feel that um, you know that that was a trade I would have made. Um, but I guess what do you guys? What are your thoughts? I guess on Grisham overall. I think since our last podcast, I think made his major league debut as well. Well, Grisham has made a lot of adjustments. It seems to me in the minors, so maybe he has you know increased his value and his numbers too through, you know, some changes on the field, which is always possible. And that's not going to be something that shows up in a scouting report from four years ago or three years ago whenever he got drafted. So uh, I like what I've seen from him so far. He had a great year uh, in the minors before he got recalled. So um, whether or not he was available uh, and other teams just didn't necessarily buy into him, I mean, I, that could have just as well been an issue as David Stearns wanting to hoard outfield prospects, I think. So I, I don't know. I'm not – I'm not sold on the idea that the Brewers valued him to the point where they wouldn't have traded him for a, you know, decent starting pitcher. Um, and also just say this, you know, we're kind of in a weird market with the deadlines the last couple of years. And we look at a guy like, uh, we all talked about Gossman last year and the Braves picked him up. And I remember that we, I talked about him as being a potential guy that the Brewers should acquire and the prospects that we were taking to get him probably would have been, you know, fairly, fairly decent. And, um, look at him this year. I mean, he's just awful uh, with Atlanta. Um, I think he just got DFA. But uh, anyway, I you know, guys can fluctuate and change their values pretty quickly. Basically. Yeah, poor Grisham. Like, he comes up in the bigs and he's hitting 300 and we're just bagging on the guy. Like, no, I mean, nobody's okay. saying that we don't value <laughs> Grisham. It's just that we value starting pitching more, especially when we really, really need it. I mean, at the time of the of the deadline, I think we had like one healthy starter, so yeah. I mean, it was desperate times, desperate measures. And I mean, to be able to get a guy like Aaron Sanchez, like to be able to overpay for a guy like that, I'd be absolutely thrilled. Uh, I mean, the guy could potentially be an ace of our rotation. So yeah, yeah, that would be phenomenal. Um, 
I'd love to see him make a move like that instead of nothing against Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles is going to like, he's going to have like a Sabathia like second half Mm -hmm. and we're just going to be like, what? He's he's the Wade Miley of 2019, man. He's been on my fantasy team all year, but I don't play him very often. So if that means I have a little bit of faith in him, I hope you played Jordan Lyles. He, he had a great, <laughs> yeah. uh, he had a great April and May, and I think it was like, what was it, mid June, where he started getting hit pretty really, really hard. <laughs> but um, he had a he had a good first couple months of the year, uh, and you know it's obviously too early to tell much. But since the trade with the Brewers, he's posted some great numbers. This yeah, guy, maybe you could have your interns, you know, your interns can look up his uh, numbers, but he's been. He's been good as a brewer so far. I mean, there's nothing not to like about his performance on the field so far as a brewer in 2019. And actually could, 2018 as well, for what it's He was good for his last year, too. I could tell you that he was going to be a two-start pitcher right after he got traded to us, two starts in one week in fantasy. And I think he got, like, 31 points or something like that. Like, he pitched really yeah. well. And I was just yep. looking at it and saying, two starts with Jordan Miles. Do I want to do that? <laughs> No. I think it – <laughs> I think the big trade that landed us Jordan Lyles here before the trade deadline, I think that really meant that we were going for it. And uh, I really feel <laughs> that um, at this point, we should oh, not yeah. wait until we should not wait until the end of September, like we did with Sabathia. I think right now we should start to consider starting him okay. on three days rest. Yeah, heck yeah, um, we from that contract extension. From, and, Pretty much from here until we make the playoffs, I think it's where Lyles should be pitching every four days. But as a, as a more serious question or point, um, should we offer him a deal like we did not offer Wade Miley last offseason? Because that deal or that deal would have been awesome for the Brewers to bring back a guy like Miley this year. Well, it's I mean, <laughs> well, I don't think I, I. I guess if the same question is, should we start? Let's say hypothetically we go into 2020 with the question of should we keep Wade Miley the fifth starter or should we let Freddie Peralta have those innings? Well, right. unfortunately, I'm going to say we should let Freddie Peralta have those innings because he's so young and has potential. Jordan Lyles is what he is, and he'd be readily available via trade again, apparently, um, mm-hmm. if he signs it on our team, anyways. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the right answer. I wish that we could have Wade Miley though in this rotation. I would just say that. No, I mean, I, I think most Brewer fans are with you on that one, especially for the amount that he signed with with the Astros. Yeah, he got uh, five and a half million bucks from Houston, and he's he's maintained his spot. He's pitched well, and he's you know in a great rotation, and he's still there. And the reports were they actually wanted to come back. Um, so yeah. I don't, that's Not half sure as much as coupon money. Think about that. <laughs> meanwhile, yeah, got, I mean, in hindsight, it really didn't make sense. Meanwhile, we've got Corbin Burns getting shelled in San Antonio, let alone the big leagues. Uh, what was his line last night, Scott? I think he gave up nine runs in three innings or something. I don't know. Before you said that in San Antonio, I was going to be like, hey, but that's San Antonio, and it's a hitter's part. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he's, been uh, but he's been shelled just about everywhere this year. Really hope he gets yeah. it, gets it figured yeah, out. Yeah, me too. To to kind of back up Stern's decision not to bring back, well, first of all, Jordan Lyles, um, which people are complaining about now, but even Wade Miley, um, I think if you looked at coming into the year, okay, you're looking at a rotation coming into the year, and you've got. Um, 
Justine, who was pretty much our best pitcher last year, so he was guaranteed a spot. Um, you had uh, both Zach Davies and um, Chase Anderson, who were going to be parts of rotation in some form, at least one of them. And so that's two or three spots right there. And so the last two spots in rotation, we're going to go with some combination of the three young starters, yeah. who they all worked out of the bullpen last year during our um, right. stretch rod and even into the playoffs. Um, talking about Peralta, Burns, and Woodruff. So I think the plan was that two or three of those guys were going to get major innings. And by sending a guy like Miley or Lyles, which has been great for depth, at the time didn't make a ton of sense just from the roster crunch, knowing that the plan was yeah. The long-term plan was to try to get those guys to be solid numbers rotation. Obviously, Woodruff was the one who took off. Uh, no one could have guessed who was going to be the best pitcher out of those three coming in this year. Uh, Woodruff took off and was an all-star with us this year, so that part of it worked out. The other two-thirds did it, and that makes the decision look all that much poorer. But at the time, I would have to decide that Stern is probably – that was his perspective at the time, and I don't totally disagree with not bringing back Miley and Miles in hindsight. Yeah, no, and, and I read discuss it at length in, in the show, but I, I, I'm not saying David Stern necessarily made a bad decision. I am saying, though, that putting full stock into three young guys who are virtually unproven as starting pitchers at the major league level may not necessarily always be the best option for a team that wants to contend for the playoffs. I mean, and right away – the need became apparent either through injury or bad performances because we had to sign Gio Gonzalez by, you know, the second week of May. So um, it's not earlier. So I, you know, just saying that there may be some different decisions being made going forward. I don't know. And hopefully guys like Peralta and Burns can still figure it out. And, you know, Burns has obviously pitched far worse than the other two guys. And um, Woodruff obviously did work out, but I, I'm just saying that putting that much stock in the three guys that, we're not really had much of a track record at the big league level. The starting pitchers may not necessarily always be what we see going forward because of the experience this year. Man, poor Stearns. I'm like, well, I mean, the poor guy, he's like, well, I only have, I'm in a small market. I only have a certain amount of money that I'm allowed to spend, believe it or not. And, you know, all I did in the off season is bring in two all-stars. That's right. That's two times <laughs> In back-to-back years now, he's brought in two all-stars in the offseason, and he's like, name another GM that's probably done that. I mean, it's pretty rare, I guess. I mean, in a small market like this, I mean, you can if you're a big market, you can just sign whoever you want. But, I mean, I, I guess the Brewers have probably done that, I'll just guess, maybe three times ever, and two of them were in the last few years. So, I mean – Eh, what can you do? But um, we should really be talking about people that aren't contributing, like Travis Shaw was sent down again, I think. Yeah, that's a big piece of news. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Travis Shaw sent back to the minors. Hernan Perez brought back up to the big league. So Hernan is, is back and still in the running to be the longest tenured brewer uh, going forward uh, besides Ryan Perron. So, yeah, that was big news. Do you guys agree with uh, sending down Shaw at this point? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else we could do. Like, we've given the guy so many chances this year, and, like, I know he's done so well the last few years with this team. He's been a vital part of this organization, and he just can't get it done this year. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I'm yeah. just willing to just say, yeah, go spend the rest of the minor league season there and 
I don't know. We'll see what happens after that. But if you can't get it done up here, I don't know what else to do. And, yeah, and what's crazy is he, he kills it when he's in San Antonio. You know, he, he had a few great games down there, and it's, it's you know, what a frustrating year for Travis Shaw. And I, I do think that he's going to be brought back up after rosters expand. Uh, I'd be shocked if he wasn't, but yeah, you never know. Well, yeah, I mean, he's on the 40-man, and it makes sense to do so, just to even have a, a bath bench if they don't want to start him or whatever. But I think this yeah. is going to be one of those years where it's just kind of a wash, and I had a feeling at least somewhere in between what this Travis Shaw and the Travis Shaw we saw the last two years will come back in somewhere midway between next year and at least be a serviceable player for us because there's really nothing else we can do with him. I mean, he has no trade value at this time, and he's not really something right. you're going to want on non-tender when he's still – you know, can be sent down and whatnot. So, I mean, it is what it is, but obviously you can't have a 150 or 60 bag average with that man bad sitting in your starting lineup, um, even against right-handers. I mean, it just can't happen. So, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, that's a great point Scott made though, as far as, I mean, Stern's signing, you know, guys that become all-stars. I mean, and again, there's sometimes the, the acquisitions we made are sometimes at a position where it doesn't seem like we have an apparent need. Um, you know, like when right after we got Yelich, we're like, oh, I'll feel set now. A couple hours later, oh, wait, Kane, too. Oh, wait, where are we going to play everyone? We got Santana, we got this. Like, what, what the heck is Stern's doing? Well, he's signing all stars, apparently, and, and actually, you know, MVPs. Uh, yeah. Or trading for them. Um, but uh, and now this year with like Moose, uh, who was a member of our team last year, but again we we're like, well, we don't have anywhere to play him. Well, it was obviously a smart sign because Moose is an all-star and Shaw is not even a major leaguer apparently. So yeah, and thank goodness I mean, we brought Moose back, and he is a free agent at the end of this year. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with uh, Mike Moustakis. Yeah, and that Grandal thing was just something I think that fell in the Brewers' lap. I mean. To, to be able to sign an all-star player on a one-year deal as a free agent at a position like catcher, that's just incredible. I mean, that thing is really what gave me hope that we were really going to make a run again this year. It's just, uh, let's hope for the best moving forward. But uh, one other thing I wanted to point out about the fact that, you know, um, Peralta, Burns, and Woodruff, the cost control stars like that, um, that do develop, like Woodruff has this year, are just mm-hmm. so valuable to small market teams. However, to, to large market teams, they're not as important. Like, for example, the Yankees, if the Yankees going into this year were the Brewers, they would have just traded two or three of those guys for a more established player. Um, yep. And they have the luxury of doing that because, um, you know, they, they use their farm system to make trades to strengthen proven guys at the major league level for, for the a small market team like the Brewers, they're better off developing those guys and hoping that they become something good uh, because that way they have years and years of control over them where the, the Yankees and teams like that can just punt that those years of controls. If one of those guys turns out great, it doesn't matter because they've already, you know, traded for another guy um, right. or plugged in a hole because they've got the money. If they, if they create a hole, they can just plug it with, you know, filling in with another free agent or something. So, unfortunate but I, I i don't fault the brewers plan of trying to give those guys the innings going into this year i i just unfortunately it's only worked out you can't say it's been full failure because even getting if it's only one of those guys in an all-star pitcher this year i would like i'll take it <laughs> and that'd be yeah. Woodruff. so 
Yeah, for sure. What can you do? For sure. Only, injured the, right the, now. One of the biggest issues that I've had is that, it, the, you know, with Corbin Burns, he's really depreciated as an asset as well. So we can't do what we could have done in the offseason or last year, not that we would have, but to use him as a trade chip, uh, you know, it would have been uh, – he certainly would have had a ton of value last year. Uh, but now I, I think it's going to take a long time for him to rebuild his value, I think, if we ever did want to put him on a block. Yeah. Um, you know, guys, we only have like two minutes left. I guess I'll throw out these little tidbits in that if Shaw was actually hitting his hat size, then um, maybe it would give us some leverage with Moustakas in the offseason. But as it is now, we have a gaping hole at third base if he decides to block. Um, and then, you know, uh, the other thing that we haven't mentioned yet was Christian Yelich was out basically the entire homestand. And for us to be able to go five and one uh, with his yep. in his absence uh, was definitely a, a huge huge thing so kudos to the team for stepping up but looking at yep. next week's schedule if we want to make a quick prediction i suppose we only got a five game series right <clears throat> or five games next week you're supposed to know it's correct Scott. two at home against I the, with the interns but i know we got a two game home set come up here against the twins and then we got three games out in washington dc with the nats i'll say we'll go two and one against the nats with the yeah, I would say a three and two week seems pretty plausible. Um, hopefully, Scherzer is still out. Uh, I know he's. Oh, I don't know if he's returning from injury anytime soon, but um, hopefully, it's not this week. Um, yep. I want to go to Washington and the Twins. Obviously, are a hot team, but uh, I mean they've been caught from behind by the Indians, and I, I believe that they're neck and neck now for the, that division uh, lead. Yeah. So those Scotty, games your, are going to be really important. Scotty, what's your really important for the Twins, just like us? Sorry, sorry. Scotty, um, what's your prediction? You know, assuming that Yelich is actually back now, just because he did he did get that pinch hit, I, I'm hoping he's actually going to be starting again. Um, especially with the the days off during the week, I think that'll give him a little rest. I'm going to say three and two. Also, how boring. All right. Well, let's, uh, Craig, I'll sign it off for uh, you to sign off on the show here, but just wanted to say congrats to Devin Williams, Craig, for making his uh, debut um, uh, with the Brewers, his major league debut as well. And remember to follow us on Twitter at BrewPreview1 or send us your questions at BrewPreview Podcast with an S. And a quick thanks also to our anonymous source, Tom Carter. Thanks, Tom. Oh, wait. Oh, well, we don't even have time to explain it. Just stay classy and go Brewers. Sorry, Tom. All right. Thanks for coming in, everybody. We'll see yeah, you next go, week. Uh, go Brewers. Go Brewers. Take classes, Johnson. Do, do, do.